the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, well. Well, we are waiting for Soapy Dollar to uh, arrive. Uh-huh. But we do have Jacob here. Uh-huh. Jacob, how are you this Sunday? I am like, you know, like 48% as good as you, but I am open <laughs> up to a, I am open to a second opinion, so am I okay? Oh, oh, you're doing wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm always glad to see you every time. I look forward, I look forward to doing this show, to, to uh, producing well, this show. Aren't you a nice guy? And anyway, I'm not just saying should, uh, that to, you know, I, to get some, score some brownie points. I, I just want to tell you that you probably should turn me up just a tad, because when we did that last button, I went down. Can okay, you, I, can, I, can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Is this a phone commercial? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I'm not catching you on my earphones. Oh, you're not? No. Oh, you should be. Well, I agree with that. Well, uh, Okay. I'm, Let's see if that works. How's that? Can you hear me now? I think so. I can't tell if it's in the studio or... But whatever it is, we'll, we'll get through it. Okay. Anyway, so Soapy is on his way. He uh, any minute now he'll be here. He called me. Yeah, in fact, knock on wood. The back door is actually ringing right now. And here comes Soapy. He's walking down the hall. You can't hear him really, John. Ladies and gentlemen, on. Soapy Duller. You're not already in the program, so- are you? Oh yeah, we're on. In fact, uh, he gave you the clap there. <laughs> I mean the applause. I mean the applause. Don't blame me for that. Um, there you are. We really are? Yeah, we're on the air. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Hi, everyone. I'm well, so actually, sorry we, to be late. we were frivoling did, around did until... Did you get my uh, excuses? Did you tell them why I was running late? No, I did not. I figured you could handle it. Wow. Just probably, a few minutes ago, but, I was tucking my grandson into bed. He just wouldn't go to sleep tonight. So we... We ran a little late. I'm sorry, folks, for being behind time, but glad to be here. Good to see you, Jacob. Well, it's nice to Thank see you. you. Getting and, uh, started tonight. And I'm sorry that we lost one member of the audience, your grandson tonight. Oh yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't stay awake for this. But boy, was he lively. You know, kids do not. At what age do kids not like? I mean, do kids not mind going to sleep? Uh, uh, they fight it I, until I, I don't know. know how long. Somewhere along the line, you change, and you can't get them out of bed, you know, the right. teenagers. But at this point, Will does not like to go to bed. He just wants to play and talk and tell stories. And we we read uh, we read two three stories tonight before we got to bed, so we got him to sleep. Well, he's a very cute little boy. 
Yeah. Well, he's fun. He's and he's fun. got a good grandpa. Yeah, he, he, well, grandpa loves him. That, that, that he knows for sure. Well, Jacob, look, we're into the those little books at the end of the Old Testament. You know, we've got a lot of little books at the end of the New Testament as well. Uh, first, second, third, John, James, first and second, Peter, for, you know, that sort of thing. Well, now we've got the what they call the minor prophets. Uh, they're not minor. And All these guys importance. were under 18. <clears throat> they're all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see. We've got Micah uh, tonight, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, uh, Zephaniah, yeah. Haggai, Zechariah, and we don't do Malachi. That'll be our last uh, in our last program for this year. Right. Uh, coming up next Sunday, we'll do Malachi, and then we'll go back to the uh, the uh, New, New Testament and pick up the very last book of the New Testament. That's always exciting. That the Book of Revelation one is that it completes another year through the another journey through the Scriptures, but also it's a it's a remarkable book and a, uh, mysterious to a lot of people. Um, if you have it, if you read it straight through though, or listen to it straight through, I, I don't find it so absolutely terribly complicated, but I can see how people do. They get awfully confused with the book of revelation. It's like, it's, mm. um, you know, it, it's got these images, all of this, uh, the seven trumpets, seven angels, seven, this, you know, these cycles. Well, you know, there's so a on. whole industry out there about the book of Revelation. That's right. And uh, and what always troubles me, and I, I've read a lot of them. I've tried to understand them. Sure. Uh, can you hear me okay? I hear you fine. Okay, good. Um, of course, I'm right here in the same room with this you. This is so. true. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, everybody always has all these takes about the end times when predicting when all this stuff has happened. You know, my position is kind of like yours. I think it's yours. Is that, well, no matter what it is, it happens when it happens. So what difference does it matter? Now, I know that position is criticized by some folks. In terms of the end times yeah, sure. uh, scenario yeah. and predictions. But here's what always gets me. Everyone I've ever looked at, we all know that most of the book of Revelation, I, and I believe it's between 230 and 240 verses, mm-hmm. come from Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel. So I am not sure that anybody including myself, uh, could possibly understand what Revelation is actually saying unless you know what all those verses meant in the books they were used in. And you have to understand that. So when they're intermixed and rely upon each other, what the new meaning is. So I'm not sure that I've ever really seen anything that's approached that. Yeah. I think, too, that's the number one key as far as the book of uh, Revelation. Of course, we're not into that yet. We'll we'll get to that, uh, the books we covered tonight. But uh, just in kind of a preamble to next week when we talk about Revelation, the Apocalypse, says in Spanish or in, uh, in Latin, uh, the apocalyptic books, it, it's, it's talking about apocalyptic language. I think the word means to uncover or discover uh, the idea. Right. Uh, and it's uh, there are two, two points, I think, key to understanding it. One is, like you said, go back to that language when they use these, this imagery, when, when John, uh, the author of the, of, of the book of the Revelation, when he uses this language, he's definitely referencing back to these passages, back to these prophets. So if you know what the language means in its context, what does it signal? What is it? What is what is the intention? Then uh, it gives us a key. Remember, he's a, a Jewish boy. Uh, of course, he's an older man. Now. Yeah, it's interesting. This is the uh, 
This is John, the, the disciple whom Jesus, Jesus loved. He's called, and he's the younger, yeah. probably the youngest of yeah. the disciples, uh-huh. 12 to 14, when he began following Jesus, they say. Right. And then uh, now he's older now. He's up in his 90s. He's older man. And he's writing this. Uh, very interesting. He's been walking uh, with his Lord a long time. That's one key is to understand the Old Testament. The other key is something that I read one time, and it it made sense to me, and I we stumble over it a lot. Did John write a book with with the intention (laughs) of nobody understanding it? I'm I'm going to write a book, he says, and he addresses Uh it to the seven churches that existed at his time, uh, and he he sends it to those seven churches that... And he's writing a book, writing a letter to them and sending it to them, knowing that he is writing of the book that nobody is going to understand for 2,000 years. Well, I have a theory. So I, I guess the end of that point is, I don't uh, think so. I don't think he wrote them this book to, to confuse them. Right, and to, exactly. That, with the intention that this is, you're not going to understand a thing of this. Uh, only people who live 2,000 years from now are going to understand this book. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you get that, that he's writing to these people, and he's wanting, he wants them to understand, he expects them to understand what he's saying, right. then, then I think that helps us, if we put it in that context, you get the sense... It, the, if you put it in that century, in that era, in that time, the, the events that were going on and things that were happening, then I think the book tends to make a whole lot more sense. But the Hebrew perspective is crucial. Well, I, I suspect that the folks living in that day and time would have appreciated, at least the knowledgeable folks, would have appreciated what he was writing and had a di- different immediate kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. I've heard all kinds of theories about it. And it's always, it's somewhat interesting, but I've never sat down and actually done what I said should be done. And that's because I've been so tied up with doing some other stuff in the mm-hmm. Gospels. Mm-hmm. But I know that sometime I will have to face that dilemma. <laughs> you will. It is, I have a feeling you're going to, uh, uh, we'll probably, it's just my best guess, we might come out on the same page on that one. Because uh-huh. I've heard you actually articulate the point. Mm-hmm. Quite often, uh, in the uh, in you, when you talk about the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, and all, you talk about these cycles yes. of of uh, judgment. I mean, right. fall, people sure. fall into sin, right. come under judgment. The rest, they repent. They restore. They're sure. restored. Yep. They come into fellowship, a time of of blessing, and then fall again into sin and judgment and restoration and correct. And, and you have these cycles. Well, that seems to be what kind of goes on fact, in the book of the Revelation. I've seen this uh, 10th generation rabbi who's actually retired now, but he still does some things. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And what happened is he's got two boys, and they're both rabbis, so they're reached the 12th generation in direction Mm -hmm. of actually rabbis. And I seen him drawing on a board, and he's a very knowledgeable guy. And he showed uh, from the Far Eastern uh, idea that uh, that the their idea is that they worship their ancestors, so they started off high and came down. They drew, drew it on a chalkboard. And the Christian idea, as he appreciated it, was that the Christians start at a lower spot and they go upwards to God and you know, mm-hmm. through Jesus mm-hmm. and get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then when he came to the Jewish thing, he just made a big circle. <laughs> he said, all we do is go around and end up back where we started. <laughs> around and around. Yeah. I, and I kind of get that idea, but it's all, I think it's also the idea, at least in uh, Revelation, there's these circles, this spiral, 
and the same pattern repeated. That's that's the idea. The yeah. the, the bowls, the angels, the trumpets. You, you have these same patterns of cycles mm-hmm. uh, of judgment, blessing, and so on. And and that you it know, seems like it's one of the things John and, is saying. And, you're and going to, to see this pattern yeah. all the way to the end, to the time when God wraps it up. Uh, anyway, well, we, we've got ahead of ourselves a little well, bit. We have got ahead. And when we get to it, I guess, next week, is that when we're getting mm-hmm, to it? Or when mm-hmm. I, well, when we get to it next week, I have some very interesting thoughts I would like to share. Good. But uh, I'll save them. And I'm sure they will be interesting because they always are <laughs> interesting. Um, and you are an expert. You know. Well, I am an expert in my own opinion. That's right. I knew that. Well, we uh, let's pick up then. We... we Last week, we began talking about these earlier uh, uh, prophets, the, what we call the minor prophets. They're not really minor, but the, we started talking about, let me see. Let me get my sheet out here. I've got my little cheat sheet. Um, what did we cover last week? Uh, uh, the ones that we did talk about. Let me get them out. Open up the sheet. Come on, everyone. Patient with me as I do this. Let me see. We went Hosea, whose name means salvation. We talked about Joel. Remember the uh, he was a farmer. He's the, he opens up with the. I mean, Joel was also uh, he, he predicted judgment on the land, the locust infestation over the land. Amos was the farmer that I mentioned. That uh, a shepherd, a tender of trees. He's from the city, a little town of Tekoa. Who else was from Tekoa? Was that Isaiah? You know, I don't remember. It seems like there's somebody else from the little town of Tekoa that I'm one of the other prophets. But uh, anyway, we have Amos, uh, and uh, he called, remember, he called the women the fat cows of Samaria. Samaria. He's just that common salt of the earth sort of uh, person, straight talking uh, with his his. Uh, all of, a lot of his examples coming from the world of agriculture and your grape vines and uh, ripe fruit and that sort of thing. And then we went to Obadiah, who was the non-Jewish person, the son of Habakkuk. Or the no, Habakkuk, no, you got it, you got it reversed. You got Obadiah reversed. Uh, is the father of Habakkuk. And tonight we're doing Habakkuk or Habakkuk. That's right. <laughs> Habakkuk. I get, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> that sounds like, yeah, hey, got some tobacco and tobacco. the cigarette. Yeah. yeah, right, I know. And then we we didn't talk a lot about last week uh, our, our old friend Jonah, but I do think that he's probably one of the more, uh, that our listeners perhaps, even if they don't know a lot, a whole lot about the rest of the Bible and the things and the prophets, uh, they probably have heard of Jonah, you know, the great fish. They have, yeah, yes, so they have, because very, it's such a great, I see all these storybooks, you know, with uh, a big fish swallowing him and taking him for a ride, you know. That's one of the books I read to, to uh, That's a, my puts a new meaning to a fish dinner, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I read that to my grand boy. He loves that book. We have a book written by, by the fish. The whole, the, in other words, the fish tells his side of the story. It's all, it's really kind of cool. He says, I swallowed a man, you know, and he, and he, and he uh, tells the story from his point of view uh, about uh, this man that he swallowed and spits him out onto the shore uh, right. up near uh, Nineveh and so on. Very, very interesting. I, I like it a lot. But anyway, most folks know about uh, old Jonah, but what a remarkable book. It's, it's a unique book in that it doesn't. And that was last week, right? That was last week. Okay. It doesn't tell a lot about his sermons. Right. Actually, he it only tells about one sermon or one message he delivered and it was a a a seven word sermon so it wasn't even a you know a lot of the other books isaiah jeremiah it has a 
a listing of their messages. Their sure. Per, and and yeah. somewhat quite long and, compl- right, yeah. and, and you know complex and so. Well, uh, the the one message that the that the prophet Jonah that we have recorded is a seven word, at least in English, uh-huh, it comes uh-huh. out in seven words. Sure. In forty days. Uh-huh. Nineveh will be destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, that's exactly it. So that's what, it, seven words. But what's fascinating is so often people really don't catch it. He's, he's delivering a finality message. You're cooked. But uh, people add to it and say things like, well, if you don't repent. He didn't say anything no. about repenting. He said, I'm here to give you the final word. In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and he's delivering own. it fresh from the belly of a fish. Sure. So I'm... I'm I, I'm, I, in my imagination, I'm a little. I, in my mind, I'm thinking this was a pretty wild-looking guy. He probably bleached out from the juices, the digestive juices of the fish, and his clothing. But I mean, who knows? He might have looked like sort of death warmed over. You know, one of those. Maybe that's one of the part of the reasons for his effectiveness. And when it, people saw him, they thought, "Wow, we got to get our lives right." Because I don't know, but uh, I'm kind of guessing at that. But no, he had. So um, what I'm saying about the book, it's unique in that it doesn't feature so much the messages or, or the sermons of this prophet of this preacher, but it focuses on his experience. What, yeah, and we do know a little bit about Jonah because he he appears. Uh, as mentioned as the son of who his father was in the book of Kings. So we know a little bit about him. Tell me that real quick, would you? We didn't talk I, about I, Jonah I, a whole lot. Well, last we week. didn't. We, uh, we had so many things to talk about. Yes, we did. And we do again tonight. And we're doing a fine job. <laughs> but uh, We'll get to it. I know well, we Jonah, will. You know, there's no y, no J in Hebrew, so it's only Y, so it's Yonah. Yonah. And Yonah in Hebrew is Yonah. But if you translate it to English, it's dove. Uh-huh, that's right. Uh, so when uh, it's I, I, I knew that, actually. I, I had, you had told me that before. And I had, so what's uh, happening is uh, even in the Gospels, when it says the dove in English lands on Jesus, uh-huh. it's actually the word Yona. And, and it, I, it harkens back to the ark when, when Noah let a dove out and yeah. so on and that sure. sort of thing. But ha, who, who is this? Where is this in mention Kings, of Jonah um, in Kings? I, uh, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I know he's there, and it talks about his father, and we know his lineage and who he is. Well, I'll be. Huh. Did not know that. Uh, one thing I thought we might do tonight, if we have an opportunity, maybe later in the show, we're going to let's talk through a little bit uh, the the historical narrative, the his, uh-huh. the in the historic sense, the history, a little bit of the narrative of the Hebrew Scriptures, uh-huh. maybe starting sure. at the time uh, uh, about 1450. Uh, well, what was it about? When was it the people of Israel came out of Egypt? Yeah. Somewhere around twenty four forty eight. Okay, that's from, but I'm talking about our our calendar, not not God's calendar. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, not God's calendar. Yeah. Okay, uh, but uh, we uh, think so, of it as about but that's from the uh, that's how like for the Jews this year I believe is fifty seven seventy eight. Okay, because they count from the creation of the world. Right, and as we know, we use a different calendar because along the way. Different churches and groups change. Sure. So, and uh, so, and it's fascinating. But I, I'm not so sure that wasn't part of the plan, because um, Abraham was born, and he was said, "Go to a land that I'm going to give you. That's mine. I'm giving it to you." And that was, uh, and, and that was Abraham was born in what we call it's normally called BC or BCE. Uh, was born in 1948. Well, in AD. 
A.D. is Anno Domini, uh-huh. or what we call C.E., the common era today, uh-huh. is actually Israel became a country in 1948. Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting, fascinating. We think of Israel coming out of Egypt and go about 1450 into Canaan. And then we think of there's three to 350 years of the judges. These are round numbers. And then you have, I think the first thing is at 970, I believe, is when Saul becomes the first king. And I, I like in in round numbers, nine seventy is Saul and ten ten is David and ten fifty is Solomon and then so the first three kings each of them reign about forty years. Now those aren't exact numbers because David, for example, became king of Benjamin and, and Judah yeah. about eight or nine years before he became king of the whole uh, of Israel, but you get you get those forty years of peace for those, and then after Solomon, the kingdom divides, and you go to um, Jeroboam in Would the north. Would you like to know the birthday of David? Birthday? Yes. Uh, was it my birthday, June somewhere? Uh, well, it's not. You only four <laughs> or five months off. Okay. Well, uh, but actually, he was born on the day. Uh, if I remember correctly, that the Ten Commandments were given. Is that? Yeah. Is Moses? No, Moses was not no, born on the no. same day. Moses was born on what they call the seventh of Adar. Okay. No. And we know his birthday because it's written there. But we know his death date too, and we actually know that from the book of Esther. And Haman, because okay. Haman in the book of Esther tells us. Okay. See all this stuff you know? That's amazing. And that Jesus was also, uh, Jesus was born at Passover? Or, or? Uh, yes. Actually, uh, Jesus' earliest followers actually kept his birthday, and that seems more illustrative of what really was the facts, his first guys. And they seemed, as Jewish history records, to have acknowledged and kept his birthday on Passover. Yes. Now, that would be consistent with Jewish history, because whether it's folklore or actually Jewish history, um, Moses was born and died on the same day. David also. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all born and died in the month of Passover, you see. So it would be consistent with those kind of guys for Jesus to be born and die on yeah. Passover. And the idea of Jesus, uh, I, I kind of got that from the idea that he uh, celebrated his bar mitzvah uh-huh. somewhere sure. around sure. Let's say, at, at Passover. We know exactly. Yeah, because, know, because when he says, was 12 years old. He uh, actually, finished his 12 years. when he was fully 12, which uh-huh. means the last almost, day of his 12th yeah, birthday. Almost 13. So we know. And he was at the temple and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. And even today, when a person, a boy, does a bar mitzvah, a girl does a bat mitzvah, mm-hmm. um, they actually go and they teach a portion. They read a portion of the Bible in the closest to when they were born. And they teach on that subject. But they not only ask questions, but they actually teach the congregation. They've assumed that. And that's what we see Jesus exactly doing uh, in that story and, that and we have. And before we go much further, I did want to tell you, we're talking about Revelation and all those verses mm-hmm. that come from elsewhere. And this is something that's very interesting to me, because you pick something tonight that I think is remarkable, and I don't... I did that on purpose, because I'm just so brilliant. I know you are. And and quite frankly, I'm looking for a recipe from you. (laughs) Luck of the draw, actually. But uh, we'll get to that, then. We shall. We shall. And you have the questions there? Yeah. We're almost... Let's let's go ahead and get a few questions out there. Get into our first segment break. Harold has been on the line. He wants to visit with us. You can call Uh, folks and be a part with us as well. that Harold hung up. Oh, he he gave up. Well, I know Harold. He'll call back, and we'll we'll hear from him. Well, Harold, if he's listening... 
Call back right after the right break. Right after the break. This, that's great. And you too can call, folks. Our, our phone number to be a part of the program, the, the Bible Live program, is 210-340-9585. Area code 210, which I think we have to dial nowadays, 340-9585. And uh, here are some questions. Uh, this comes from Psalm 135. I have a mouth, but I cannot speak. I have eyes, but I cannot see. I have ears, but cannot hear. A nose, but cannot smell. And my creator is just like me. What am I? Okay, Psalm 135. Look at verse 15. Psalm 135, 15. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a puzzle, uh, but it's right there in the scriptures, uh, coming right out of the, our reading from the book of Psalms. Now let's go to uh, the questions you have from Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. You have a few questions for us there? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Ah, I thought you might. Okay, well, where do you want to start? Which one? Uh, anywhere you want to start, knowing uh, we've got. Okay, listen, let's not do much time. this. Let's start with Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Maybe about two minutes, I guess. Okay, let's do that. And okay. let's do this. Uh, one of the most interesting things that is your actually your first question in Habakkuk one one through four Habakkuk registers his first question or complaint about for the Lord what is it yes. and it is so interesting if we take a moment and look at that okay. now Habakkuk is characterized uh-huh. by his book here uh-huh. he asks God yeah. tough questions uh, which is he interesting does. he uh, three or four questions and we've got to know that we understand I know in your Bible on the commentaries it says something about his background is not known and generally that's true but the understanding in the Jewish world has always been I stress always been that he is the son of Obadiah Obadiah was an Edomite right and he is also believe it or not he is also well how much do we have a minute or a minute one minute okay I'll tell you real quickly also this is fascinating. We can get into this more if you want. But what happened is, do you remember the Shumanite woman that was very much poor? Right, yeah. And there was a person, Elisha said, you're going to have a child. Yes. Okay. That child was, was Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And why is she impoverished? Because when Obadiah got caught by Jezebel and her husband, they took all his property, and bad things happened to him, and he got killed, so she's impoverished. But because of his, we'll call it good deeds, for saving all the prophets in Israel at that mm-hmm. time, hiding him in the cave, feeding him, taking him water, all that business. Well, so... He, he died. Habakkuk is the one that died, right? He, I was going to tell you that. So, and, and the prophet laid on him? And, yes. So and, what and, happened is he's the one that where he said, you will have a child. And then later it's understood that he is the one that died, and uh, Elisha brought him back to life. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that fascinating? Did he use the electric paddles and give him a you know a heart? You know, no, no, you get arrested for that. So. <laughs> okay, that's true nowadays. <laughs> All right, give him one or two more questions, and uh, our music yeah. will come but, up I in a minute. I want to really go to uh, Zephaniah. Okay, good. Zephaniah in the Hebrew. But anyway, uh-huh. I'd like to talk about uh, year number three. In the day of judgment, God is going to remove what kind of people? Mm. Now, when we get there... I want to give you something I think is spectacular. Well, this is a very common message from the Scriptures. It's a very common thought. And uh, in the day of judgment, God is going to remove a certain kind of people. What kind of people? And look in Zephani- Zephaniah uh-huh. chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. Zephaniah, right? that's right. And then Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi are uh-huh. the three post-exilic prophets. Right. They preach back in, in Israel 
after the people have returned uh, from Babylon. So those are, those three come. Uh, their time of ministry was after the exile. Mm-hmm. Well, I got something fascinating, and it's going to tie into what we're talking about next week in the book of Revelation and all those 230 It's got to be Zechariah, right? It's not, but there is something tonight. You have your Bible with you? Uh, oh, uh, well, our music didn't come up. Uh-oh. Well, they so did put, they put new carpeting right in, John a, tells me. We're going to take a quick break. We'll okay. come right back and take okay. maybe Harold's call and uh, take okay. some of your phone calls yeah. as well. Okay. 340-9585. All right. We'll be here. so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. On Miley Cyrus's sixth album, Younger Now, the singer looks back on different stages of her life and proclaims that change is necessary to keep becoming the best version of yourself. That said, Miley doesn't completely distance herself from some problematic elements of her recent past. Profanities creep in at times, and some sensual miscues are front and center, too. Those moments are really unfortunate here in an album where Miley seems more serious about growing up and changing in positive ways than we've seen from her in a long time. I'm giving Younger Now a two and a half out of five for family friendliness. For the full review, visit us at PluggedIn.com slash radio. I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Families Plugged In. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, You're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomLineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottomline Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And of course, with Jacob here in the studios with and us, I, and, and with you, folks. And I know you actually got that changed several times, and it's uh, yeah, still, I've it's never played. It. Why the, is it? It's the computer. When you keep changing it. Yeah. The computer. It's a computer problem. Jacob. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> 
And you are invited as well, folks, to join with us. 340-9585 is our number here, and we'd love to have you on board. We have a question out to, uh, for you to answer if you'd like to kind of trigger. Oh, we have a couple of them. Kind of get you to come from the songs. And, and I have them out. never say this. You know what we yeah. should say? We could, should say that they can call in with their own question. That's exactly right. We never say that. About the scriptures, about what it is to know God. Any, any, a lot yeah, of the, anything that's in your mind. Bible-centric. Essentially, yeah, it's a very Bible-centric program, but we're going to answer with that in mind. But uh, any question you have, and uh, we, we'd love to just visit with you about it and, and throw out a few ideas. Maybe we can come up with something that would that would uh, maybe give you a fresh pr- approach. But when, in the Psalms, we have this question from Psalm 135. I have a mouth, but it cannot speak. I have eyes, but cannot see. Ears, but cannot hear. A nose, but cannot smell. And my creator is just like me. What am I? And the answer is not Jacob. So that's ah. the, we, we want to settle that right up front. Uh, what am I? And you find the answer. So, <laughs> Psalm 135, Psalm 135, verse 15. Now we have from the uh, prophet Habakkuk. We don't have a question yet from Micah, uh, for Micah. That that sounds like a that does, yeah. You know, kitchen. That's thing. like that's a kitchen kitchen humor. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Micah is important. Actually, there's a great messianic prophecy in the book of Micah that, that I'm thought of. Who? Uh, oh, they're, they're all the, over the, the town oh, that yeah. that the Messiah is going to be born in is spoken of. Actually, that's true. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a great one. A very prominent one. That, uh-huh. uh, so, uh, and then Nahum, Nahum, oh, yes, Nahum preached to the same city. I'll put that question. What city was Nahum called to to preach to? Uh, now, this is uh, Same city as who? Same city as Jonah. Ah, I knew you were going to yeah, get that yeah. out. Yeah. And so we gave you a little bit of a hint there. Uh, hint. What city was Nahum called uh, to pr- to give his deliver his messages to, uh, and this is an earlier prophet, the same city that the earlier prophet Jonah yeah, was right. called to send to. So you can answer that question if you'd like. Um, let me see here, and in 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 Micah, you can tell us what city, what small Judean town did he predict would be the birthplace of a ruler of Israel who would be a source of peace? Uh, what city? What small Judean town, or I say city, it was really a really a little village actually, would be the birthplace of a great ruler of Israel. Uh, so you can, it's found in Micah 5, verse 2. Micah 5, verse 2. And then Habakkuk, uh, this uh, um, a non-Jewish, well, he's he's non-Jewish in... Well, he's a, he's a convert. Okay, uh, yeah, right. I got, we got okay. it. Harold yeah. is on with Some us. Some people get calling, and Harold is called back. So, so Habakkuk registers his first question or complaint to the Lord. Uh, what is that question that he has? And it's a question that we a lot, a lot of people have that same question to the, in the times we're living right sure. now. Habakkuk asked three or four deep, kind of philosophical questions of the Lord in his book. So God doesn't mind when we ask questions. You know that's. Uh, Something we need to get into our minds. You're not sinful or wrong when you wonder about why this. And we ask God questions. The scriptures are full of that. And, and, and God honors it And when the question is legitimate and real and sincere. And we want the answer. <laughs> We're willing to hear the answer. 
in the day of judgment from the book of Zephaniah, in the day of judgment, God is going to remove a certain kind of people. Uh, I don't know what it means, remove from what, you know. Uh, maybe you can answer that for us. But from the earth or from existence or what, in the day of judgment, God is going well, to remove. you know, that's going to take some discussion. I know. And I'm going to say you have alluded to something two or three times tonight. and but So I'm really more anxious. And if anybody would like to ask the question about Zephaniah, uh-huh. uh, which is in the day of judgment, the day he's of judgment. going to remove yeah. some kind of people. That will lead us into something that I think that I'm fascinated by. Yeah. And I assume that if I am, everybody else of will course, be. Um, of course. I'm good at alluding to things, and you're uh, good at answering questions. Well, actually, so you organize these questions so yeah, well. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> except oh, I think that's enough. we got about nine a shot questions. In the dark. Yeah, we do, and we've, we've got people on the lines as uh, well. Let's go to the phone and go ahead and start visiting with our listeners. Let's go with uh, Harold is up first. Hi, Harold. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm fine. I'm running a little late. I had called, uh, you know, I I was hoping I would be able to call the show in time. Uh, my sister and I, she, um, Betty, she met up with me at Barnes & Nobles this evening, and uh, that's why I called on the road. Home, right? That's your, your the, 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 I'm home now. Well, yeah, I was well, home there. Your second home there, Barnes & Nobles. I actually even told Betty, I said, thanks for coming over. She goes, Harold, you don't live here. <laughs> but I thought that was funny. But, no, I, I called, you know, right away, uh, but I did have to hang up because I was on the highway and there was a lot of road construction, so I just waited till I got home. And so that being said, you were discussing the book of Revelations, in the beginning, and that's when I called in. Uh, of course, this is... Uh, but this is not my own ideas or anything. I learned it from uh, Antioch Baptist Church when I was in their Bible study with um, with Pastor Kemp. Uh, the Book of Revelations, according to this Bible study, which which I like, it it wasn't necessarily written to be understood two thousand years later. I understood the way he taught it was there was it's like in three phases or three times. Some of the things he wrote, John wrote, was from from his time, John's time in the past from John's past, from John's present, the people in the present time, and then like maybe a third of it is supposed to be in the future. So Right, exactly. Uh, to, and and I, I don't want to be, uh, uh, I do want to correct the idea there. That, yes, very specifically, it actually says these are things that are, will happen, that are going to come. And, yeah. and so there is a, there is that predictive aspect of the book, and I, I, I guess I was wrong in saying that that's. Well, not, I wasn't trying to say you were wrong. No, no I, I was just saying, I, I get you know it, what I, I learned. To clarify that I agree with that, and that there are some predictive elements, but it it, it was it was understood. It wasn't like you're not going to understand this for many many years. That they even at that point understood that this is. This is what is being predicted. This is what John yeah. is telling us is going well, to happen. Well, in your defense, Sophie, I'm 62, and I didn't understand it until about a year ago. So, <laughs> you know, there's it, it's, it's out there for everyone. Well, about 20 years and, from now, Sophie, you'll get it. In 20 years, I'll get it. <laughs> Hi, Jacob. How you doing? I do have, a, uh, I guess, a, a question for Jake. Oh, I know when, when the kids, when they start to go to sleep, uh, how was that uh, – Time bonus all weekend doing some military maneuvers. He came home with all that stuff on his face. He came home and ate, went right to bed. Didn't even have to say good night. So it will come sooner or later. I know. But it may 
It may take the military to do it. I want to know when it happens because this boy does uh, not like to go to bed. But anyway. I, I know. Yeah, but it does come. But, uh, show yes. him the way to bed, right? So what? You show him the way to bed, right? Oh, I show him. And I, I know why. You know why? Why? Because where there's why? a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Oh, that's so funny. That's that is fantastic. Where does he get this, uh, Harold? I don't know. He just... I don't know. That Jewish comedic uh, gene that they all have, evidently. And, oh, oh, the funny part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I do have a, uh, I guess, a question okay. for uh, Jacob. Um, uh, I guess you can elaborate too if you'd like to. I've been kind of stuck in Matthew. You never ask me a question because my answer is always Jesus. You know. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Jesus, Jesus, actually. Yeah. Okay. Good. But uh, in in Matthew chapter two verse ten, uh, some Bibles say the wise man, and and what's the wise man were the magi, which magi means the they were astrologers, and they were from Egypt. And then the book of Matthew was written, kind of it says primarily written in Egypt, and this star that 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 the magi's went to Herod to discuss about this king being born and then they realized that uh, the magi realized that herod was not the person i guess they thought he was and so they went to warn mary and joseph you know because they saw the star but my question is the star that the magi was looking for was not the exactly the same star the way we understand it today because the egyptian people were looking for a star also and somehow the story got tied together. And so, I, anyway, my question is, is when they went back to Egypt, I read, and and they, they had some um, some pictures there where they actually, uh, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus actually stayed at a temple there, a fairly nice place. Not only, But only when they came back to Jerusalem did they stay more or less in the places, uh, you know, the, that we read about, you know, the manger and, and the and, barns and all that. Well, they came so back, Jacob, they came, yeah, they so, came back from Egypt. They went to Nazareth. Right. I meant Nazareth. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. That's all right. I, I know I meant something right. But uh, so anyway, Jacob, have you heard that before? Or do you have Let you read anything you about? Harold, are you getting this off some kind of show on TV? No, I'm not. Okay, where, you where? said TV. So I have to say no. We're, okay, because I know this I, is my own thing right here. It's Matthew chapter two, verse. I'm talking 10. about when you said that they stayed at the temple, and and the star was not the same star. Did you yes. hear that from elsewhere, or where are you getting? Oh, that? I heard of yes. The star is not the same star. I'm I'm actually mixing about four stories together. I shouldn't do that. I, don't worry about the star. My main question is that well, first of all, did they the, stay at a temple? Yeah. Well, first of all, the so-called wise men were, uh, yeah, we say magi in English, but it's magi and, uh, from the Persian. And they weren't from Egypt. They were from the area of Babylon. And, uh, and they actually were looking for a star, and it took them approximately, approximately uh, 18 months to two years to get over to Jerusalem for whatever reason. But the question... That's, Can I add something there? Yes. And then uh, maybe this answers the question of why you think they are from Egypt. They may have gone back. It says that uh, Herod said, when you find the child, come back to me, tell me about it. 
and uh, so that I can, you know, go and worship him as well and so on. And they, uh, sensing that he was insincere and that the, it says that they went back by a different route. They didn't take, probably they didn't go over the, uh, the, uh, the top. Uh, what do they call that? The, um, I forget, there's a famous route, a travel route. That oh, you're talking about the King's Highway. The, the, uh, uh, the northern route. Right, right. And it may be that they took a southern route down below sure. the Dead Sea, which would take them down toward Egypt. And that may be where the idea comes that they were from Egypt. But I think the more prominent idea is that Harold, they were indeed from Babylon, Persia. Have you got a copy in your home of uh, Charlton Heston's The Ten Commandments from the late 1950s? The movie, oh, yeah. The movie. Of course, yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. I don't have it on right now. I don't want you to have it on right now. <laughs> put it, would you put it on right this, uh, uh, Here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to, when you get a uh-huh. chance, put it on. And watch the first five minutes. You're going uh-huh. to learn something in the first five minutes, and everybody passes that over. But what's there? And at the end, of, at the uh, either at the beginning or the end, when you give all the credit, you see all these Jewish people that help assist that, and quite a few Christian uh, professionals, and they use all this Jew- Jewish literature. So you'll see it actually mentioned. But in the first five minutes of that movie. If you watch for the scene where Pharaoh's sitting on his throne, and he's got his soldiers... Sitting. He's actually sitting. He's not sitting. He is sitting. Because he's not a laying hen. That's right. (laughs) But he did lay... Sorry about that. He he did lay an egg. The farmer. But but anyway, here's the point. Anyway, Harold. So what okay. happens is, if you watch the first five minutes, look for the scene. It comes on within the first five minutes. And Harry, okay, I'm going to do it tonight. Sitting on his throne. To his right hand are his soldiers, his generals. To his left are they so-called advisors, wise men, whatever you want to call them. Now, and listen very close to what's said. His either talking about should they let the Jews go because the Jews have this prophecy that a deliverer will be born. And Pharaoh's mm-hmm. like, well... Uh, I don't believe any of that kind of stuff. And, uh, and the, uh, the advisors, his religious advisors, you might say, to his left says, well, it doesn't matter what you think because the Jews believe it. And right then, if you, the next line, I remember this line, I always tell people to watch this because people miss it. Everybody knows about Jesus and the star and that Christmas and he's over the uh, Bethlehem and all that kind of thing. But yeah. listen very closely. Because one of his advisors jumps up and says, and there's a star that proclaims the birth of the deliverer right now. It's right there in the, that movie. Now, where do they get that from? Because twice in the book of Exodus, it's mentioned. You see, Moses was born under that star. So, later the star reoccurs. So, we actually may have a date available to us. But when that, sta- when that star reoccurs is the star we're talking about with Jesus. But the question is, the more interesting question that really should trouble you is, if a star like that appeared in the sky and you had no knowledge what that star was about, how in the world would you know, unless somebody taught you, what that star was meaning? Well, the question is, how did these wise men know to go to Jerusalem? Uh, yeah, me, yo, yo, I want to. I he's want, uh, I, Soapy has put his popcorn down, and he's ready to speak. I, I'm wondering if that has to do with the prediction of Balaam when, when he's trying to predict the, uh, 
remember they hire this prophet from Persia to come over and condemn uh, uh, Israel and prophet, prophesy uh, or preach sure. against them. And he and I know there's a prediction there of a star. There is. Is that does that's he get the, that from uh, Daniel? Well, it's part of uh, that. That's in Numbers. Are those related at all to this star? We're talking about stars. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. They, the scholars feel it is. Yes. Is that where this star Except came from? The idea. Daniel. Remember in the book this of Daniel. This is much later than Abraham and Moses and all that too, though. So, yes, yeah. but where did Dan, but Daniel's? He remember he became the chief advisor uh-huh. in Persia in Babylon. The chief, and how what you would now listen to this language. The head Maggie. Well, Ma- almost. Magi. It's called the Rav Mag. I was in the ballpark. Okay, so he became where you see Magi, so because it comes from. Now, he would have known the book of Exodus. Magi makes it plural, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. And so, so what happens is, is that he taught these people the meaning of the stars and to expect, expect it. And so he knew, and it's actually mentioned twice in the book of Exodus. So... Uh, when at last, when Jesus was being born, the story would fit that they knew to watch for a star because he had been their leader because he was promoted to being their leader. But anyway, go back and watch the first five minutes and well, watch for that scene. No, I just wanted to finish. I mean, I just wanted to, you know, answer your question. You know, you asked me, Harold, did you watch this on TV? And I said, I did speak the truth. And I said, no, but uh, I think the better truth is there was a screen, but it was a computer screen, and it was a YouTube video with archaeologists talking. Right. So I didn't see it on TV, but I did see it on a YouTube video oh, about okay. uh, stars and constellation and all that stuff. And there was. I have so, watched. The reason I asked that was because I watched a special. It's on PBS and the Discovery Channel a couple of times. That's a series of things. And I watched. There's a woman that comes on. She's like a lecturer. And some of the things mm-hmm. she says and some of the things she quote is so aberrant and so wrong and so not what it says in the Bible. I've wondered, I became very curious, who is this and who's paying for this? So I did some research, and I might as well just be upfront and honest about it. It was actually funded by uh, a, a Middle Eastern Arab group. And I find that what? fascinating. So anytime you see this stuff, and, it's, and I'm going to say if it differs, I'm not saying, yeah, listen to it, but please, why don't you go back and see who's funding this? Well, person? it wasn't her. It wasn't her, I can no, say. I know it, wasn't. it wasn't her. Yeah. It wasn't that person. It was, you know, it was a show about uh-huh. about Egypt, and 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 it was on yeah. YouTube. It, it wasn't on TV. So, I, you know, I didn't want to, like, it's kind of almost a white lie what I said. No, I wanted not, to make oh, it straight. I wanted to make it straight. No, no, no. That's, that's not a lie. He meant, did you see it on uh, cable television? Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're all right. I'm just worried. I'm just worried. Boys in the army. I pronounce I you I'm all right, Harold. I, I, all right. Well, please with the Lord. authority vested <laughs> in me by the state of Texas. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, Harold, uh, listen, I've been let y'all guys go, but I appreciate everything. And Harold got me a backpack. Looks just like his. It's a ammo backpack and it has my name on it which is his name it's american flags i keep my bibles in there and i had a gentleman sitting next to me last night at barnes and nobles and asked me about it and i said well my son's in the you know united states army and i have a backpack like his you know so we were almost the same you know so i can think about him and whatever and he told me thank your son for his service and that's the first time someone said that as you know someone i don't know 
And I just thought, isn't that the way the Lord works, I guess, you know? Well, I'm, I feel like i got to be in the Army, too. Hey, Harold. Somewhat. Harold? Yeah? Thank your son for his service. All right. Thank you. I'm going right. to tell, tell Harold. Sobe Dollar said that. You you know? We really appreciate it. Sincerely. I mean, and thank your family. I know you, you do. Know, military service is a family affair. It's not just it was something. It's the whole family is a part it really of it. Is. And, I, and we really do appreciate that dedication. I, right. I, I, I never right. tire of telling folks that. Thanks for calling in tonight, Harold. Yeah, All right. Really All right. I'll you. see you all later. All right. Yeah, he confuses me at times, Harold does. He kind of, you know, uh, he's out there, this, that, and the other. But uh, uh, he's always fascinating. I like to hear from him. He's, oh, and he and he really does come up with some very interesting insights. He's into the scriptures. And this star idea, we might want to... We might want to. You might want to speak to that a little bit more. I'm not quite sure, but uh, if you think it's clear, uh, you know, we don't want to confuse people entirely. No. But uh, it's an important concept. This uh, Moses, David under the sun. Well, Jesus, see, one of the other examples, not to get, not to get tied up in all that, but you know, actually, one of the things we're looking at, uh, uh, like example in Haggai tonight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he actually does preach. Um, after the 70 years that uh, that uh, they spent in Babylon. Uh-huh. Now, Jeremiah in chapter 29.10, Jeremiah 29.10, actually says something about those 70 years. Well, when you read the book of Daniel, and it's You want me in, to look it up by any chance? Well, we got something. It's up to you, but we okay, got something go really good coming up. Uh, all right. But uh, anyway, so he says there's going to be 70 years of judgment for what they've done. Mm-hmm. All right, that's great. But when we get over to Daniel, and I think it's either chapter 9 or chapter 10. I think it's 9. Mm-hmm. Daniel, it says, yeah. Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah. Yep. So, and they said, and then he realizes, hey, this 70 years is up. Well, here in Haggai, we know Haggai is preaching to all, telling all the Israelis to return to Israel. So he's the one that's admonishing them, go ahead and return. The 70 years is up. So he knows it too. So they obviously had access to these prophets, to these writings, to these teachings. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And, And so they would obviously know the Torah. And so that's why we know that when his, and actually from the Persian, uh, Daniel was promoted to a title called Rag Mab. So he became the chief of the Magi. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, very interesting. During the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to the prophet Jeremiah. Oh, you found it? That Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. Hey, Lord, time's up. Well, you found it. Great. Uh, You're right, Daniel chapter 9, which is also um, a very fascinating uh, aspect of... That's where we see in that particular passage, too, this long-term prophecy where, where uh, Gabriel de- delivers a message, uh, and uh, we're told then about these 70 sets of seven and so on, right. and uh, the, the prediction of the, the kind of the timing of the coming of Messiah. And I've seen that worked out mathematically and all in certain ways that really does end up exactly at the time of uh, of Yeshua, the time of Jesus in Jerusalem. I mean, I I, I don't know how. He, I just mentioned this quickly. I don't want us to get off on it, but but it, th- that same chapter, chapter nine of Daniel, uh, holds those two uh, those two sets of prophecies. But he he yeah he reads Jeremiah. The time is up. And the seventy years, if I remember correctly, are measured 
Yes. From yes. Um, yes. Yes, you've got it. I can see by a way of squinting it's coming. Uh, it, it's there. Yes. It was measured from the destruction of the temple uh, in 586 uh-huh. because to they, the finishing of the altar. Okay. And the rebuilding well, what of the didn't temple. they What didn't they keep for for that time period? What didn't they dun, keep? Dun, 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 what did dun. not they keep? What did not they keep? Those seventy That's years like Yoda was in the, the movie Jubilee. Star Wars. What did they keep? You have Jubilee. The, the, ah, the, is that it? You see, they didn't do Shemitah. Okay. So they had to do that long because it took that long because seven seventies. Sounds like a every dance. Seven years Shemitah is not a dance, right? Huh? Shemitah is not a dance. No, right. no, it's, <laughs> a, it's a sandwich. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, that. but no, but she mean, is that jubilee? Yes. Is that what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well. So I was, uh, so, so I was right. I, I want to hear you say it. You yes, are always you right, Sophie. <laughs> you're, you're the one who writes the that paychecks. That sounds like my wife and I. We have a we have an agreement. Uh-huh. The secret to our successful yes, marriage uh-huh. is that I'm always right. And she always gets her way. Whatever whatever conflict we have or discussion, as long as I'm right. But she gets her way. I understand. That's our. That's why we settled. It is a secret to our peaceful. <laughs> so it sounded like we. So were. is it? It's still a secret. <laughs> I'm trying to get her to understand it, but uh, uh, I, I keep the her getting her way part. But me being right, that doesn't always get carried through. I guess it could get complicated. If she says always gets her way, and she says no, I'm right. That would be confusing. Well, no, then I just say, well, if you're right, then I get my way, and then she says, and then she changes. And I go see. Back. Okay, so you're flexible. Yeah, I'm flexible. So you, we do have this uh, Gabriel's. Uh, we, we have this about Jeremiah, seventy years. Oh, music, and it's from the seventy-year period is usually measured, at least oh. the, from our perspective. I don't know about the, the Jewish perspective. We think of from 586 when the temple was destroyed by never the, the third invasion. And then to right. 515, sure, sure. when the temple, the altar was completed, the temple was rebuilt. And that that seems to be the 70-year well, period. Well, it a lot does, of but except to. they didn't follow the commandments for the land of Israel. You have to let the land lay fallow at a certain point. Right. And they messed enough of those that equals 70 years. Okay. Yeah, come back. Let's, let's go to uh, Zephaniah when, uh, yeah, Zephaniah when we come back. 340-9585. Don't go away. Sing to This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Lay that burden down. That's uh, well, that's the central message of the scriptures. The, the the core message. The the what do they call the scarlet thread through the scriptures from beginning to end is that redemptive plan of God to call out a people for Himself. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful tapestry the scriptures are. The picture of of God revealing himself to his creation and calling out a people for himself. And uh, we are twice his, once by his possession, once by creation, and then once by redemption. He has purchased us us back uh, to be his people. And that's the the wonderful story. We are now looking at the books of the the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah. Now, these 
prophets, uh, they had their ministries at different times. Uh, in, in the historical narrative of the time, the, what we ha- the picture that we have painted in the Hebrew Scriptures, the history of Israel coming out of Egypt, uh, which means uh, what does uh, Egypt mean? Uh, Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, which means uh, boundaries or limitations. Limitations. And so they of what of sin of sin. So they come out of Egypt. Uh, it's a picture of of the redemptive plan of God. We're taken out of bondage to sin and selfishness. We're set free. We're made a new people. We're gi- given, uh, and 50 days later, they received the Ten Commandments at the base of Mount Sinai. Yes, in the book of Exodus, we know they leave out at Passover. 50 days later, they're at Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, it's the word sin. Uh-huh. But if you put the first pronounceable syllable of God's name, Yud, on the end of sin, and in English it comes out Sinai. So it's actually the sin became God's mountain. That's what the holy mountain is. I see. Okay. And so they're there. That's Pentecost. 50 days later. Uh-huh. And then, of course, they make this, uh, what is it, a three or four-day journey up to the Canaan, and they turn it into a 40-year journey, <laughs> 40 years of wandering instead of just three days up to Canaan and going into the Promised Land. Uh, so they turn it into a 40 years of wandering, which some people think is kind of a picture of our time here. Some people think of some that people in think some that. way. Uh, and then they cross over Jordan, which some people think is the path to death onto heaven and to Israel. And to prom- eh, it's just one but way to But tie that in to how that day of Passover, 50 days later, is the Ten Commandments. Okay. Because we in the Sinai, let's say that, fifty day, Passover, 50 days later, in the book of Exodus, Ten Commandments. Well, so how, do, Jesus how does that tie with Jesus? At Passover. Yeah. And then 50 days later, in Acts chapter 2, the time of uh, Pentecost, Pentecost. he had told his disciples, now don't go yet, don't go reach the world yet, stay until the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is going to come. We're going to begin this new era Mm -hmm. of the special working of the Spirit of God in dealing with his people. There will be a new identification with God's Spirit with his people. Okay, Those but the, l- l- the important so thing is the repetition of we know when Passover is uh-huh. because we got a date, actual exactly. date given to us in yeah. Exodus. In the Hebrew so calendar. So in the book of Acts, we have, it says Pentecost, which means 50 days. 50 days. Yeah. Now, isn't it interesting, both in the book of Acts and in, and in Exodus, okay. it does not give us a date for Pentecost or what's the Hebrew Shavuot. What it does is it gives us a date of Passover, mm-hmm. so we know that. And we count 50 and days. everything is, is related to that day, right? Yeah, but catch this message. Okay. It's so that you cannot separate the Ten Commandments from Passover. Oh. It's so that you cannot separate the New Testament. The They're Pentecost, yeah. yeah, if you, ca- you do not know when Passover was, I mean Pentecost was, unless you know the date of Passover. It doesn't give us That's a date. That's so interesting. So they're wanting you to know, as Jews know, they're wanting Christians to know. When this Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 appeared, it's 50 days because it's your obligation to count from Passover. So you must remember Passover. And whatever happens at Pentecost is in relationship to what happened at Passover. Exactly so. Beautiful truth. It, that is really... Well, let's go on. I'll have to chew on that a while. Tell me, well, that, well while you're that, chewing, look up Acts chapter 2 in your Bible. Oh, well, I can't chew and look up a verse at the same time. Can't chew and look at, at the same chew, time? Chew. I can't chew gum and walk at the same time, but I, what did you say? What passage am I looking at? Well, no, look at chapter 2. Of Acts. Of Acts. Okay. Do I, I can do that. To? I'm getting there. Okay. All right. I'm there. What do you want uh, me to... Uh, well, we just read verse 1, if you will. Oh, yeah. Well, that's easy to do. 
Um, one, more, one more page that I have to turn here. On the day of Pentecost, that's Acts chapter 2, verse 1. So I don't know, that may be all you want me to read. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Uh, they think it was probably that upper room that they had met in for the, okay, uh, right. for but the last keep, But this is so, this, listen, keep going, keep going. Come on. I'm just adding my uh, interesting out, you know, perspectives here. All the believers were meeting in the one room together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of mighty windstorm and filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire okay, appeared right there. and settled on each of them. Now look what you just read. It's 50 days. It's the date, the anniversary date of when the Ten Commandments were uh -huh, given. Huh? But uh -huh. we only know when this occurred because we have to know the date of Passover. Right. Now, what I you just you. read was fire, right? Uh-huh. Tongues well, of fire. Well, you and your skillful way of doing things. What looked like flames or tongues of fire. Uh, but we catch the word fire. Okay. Let's take a look at what you and your skillful way of presenting questions have done again tonight. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Okay. Go well, look over at Zephaniah. Uh-huh. Zephaniah. Okay. Oh, and you Zephaniah. And look at, and uh, I, I'm reading, let's see, I think it's, uh, let's look at verse 8, chapter 3, verse 8. And I know your version. You know, the, not many people refer, reference passages in Zephaniah. The poor guy doesn't get referenced well, very often. Well, this is this is my point, real quick, for thirty seconds. Uh -huh. If we know that we d we demonstrated about Daniel's reading Jeremiah, and even Haggai has recognized that he should get the the seventy years are over. Now, so it's always making references. We talked about the Book of Revelation using uh -huh. two hundred thirty some plus verses. From Zechariah, uh, Daniel, Ezekiel. So those are all up there somewhere. I well, just found Zephaniah. I'm I, sorry, it's I a was little bit No, I was doing okay. I what chapter? Fine. Look at 3.8. Okay, got it. Now, read that and look for the word fire. Oh, okay. Therefore, be patient, says the Lord. Soon I will stand and accuse these evil nations, for I have decided... Uh, doesn't it say fire? For I have decided to gather the kingdoms of the earth and pour out my fiercest anger and fury on them. All the earth will be devoured by the oh by the fire of uh -huh. my jealousy. Okay, now listen to what it's saying. Then I will purify wait, wait, the speech. Wait, wait, no, don't go any further yet. What no. it talks about speech. Oh, I, oh, I, I see. You, 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 you. I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up. Oh, oh you're just trying to unwrap all the presents before Christmas. I can hardly wait. Okay. Um, listen, stop shaking the boxes. Isn't that interesting? Stop, yeah. stop, stop. Okay, 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 we only okay, got okay. so much time left. All right. Um, okay, so <laughs> yeah, you see he says that's his fierce indignation. You have to ask your questions. Why tongues of fire in the book of Acts? That's not a pleasant thing. Mm -hmm. So he's going to do something. The fire means something's going to be destroyed, you see. It's going to be melted, burnt, whatever. Now, in the book of Acts, and you still got Acts handy? Oh, I do. Oh, I like this. I, I can hardly wait for you to finish this thought. That's going to be so wonderful. Okay. I, I have never referenced. I wonder if in, in our cross-referencing, do they? It does not. It does I've not looked in all the Christian Bibles today. It does not. It doesn't refer back from Acts chapter 2 back to Zephaniah chapter 3. Huh? How about that? Well, there's a reason for you're, that. You're, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but at any rate. So what happened? I'm still at Acts 2 now. Do you want me to read something there? Well, yes. I'm looking for the verses, and I apologize I don't have it handy. 
Uh, but anyway, That's in, right. in Acts chapter 2, it's talking about, uh, where was it? Um, well, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire now, appeared and that, settled on them. Keep going, and it talks about when they were speaking. And then he said, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit there and began it, speaking yeah. in other languages now, now as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now listen, they were speaking in other languages. Now I'd like you to read the next four or five verses and listen closely to what it says. Can I mention something here or you don't want me to? Well, uh, if, with it, the if, idea of languages, if it perpetuates the point, great. Okay, with well, these other languages means actually other, not ecstatic utterance, or if this was actually another language, and we see that well, in the context. Well, let's see. It, let's see what it says. It, because people heard him and understood him from uh, all over. Well, it makes well, the point. Well, let's that let's see what okay. it says. Uh, what am I supposed to read? Uh, right after that. Keep reading the next okay. four or five verses. Uh, Zephaniah. I will pour out my fiercest anger, and the earth will be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. Then I will purify the speech of all people so that everyone can worship the Lord together. My scattered people who live beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Wait, wait, come. okay, okay. you're reading in Zephaniah, right? I, I'm back in Zephaniah. Okay, I want you to do Acts. Oh, 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 and Acts. Oh, you want me to read that? Uh, oh, yeah, good, good. That's, that's what I was trying to do. And it, it says uh, they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation there you go. living in uh, 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 living in Jerusalem, and when they heard, and also traveling and visiting, we know, uh, when they heard the loud, because this was Pentecost, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers, and they were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed, "These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages." Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, uh -huh. people from Mesopotamia. And it gives the language, it, it gives a whole list of people. But look yeah, what yeah. it's saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's saying, yeah. we, did you catch it? It didn't say that they, that everybody was just speaking. It does say that. But it goes on to say that all these people in the crowd were hearing. Yeah. Now, now ba hold that in mind and let's go back to uh, um it says in, in was the, it a miracle of speaking or a miracle of hearing? Well, let's see if we can unravel it from what it says. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to read this uh, from the version I'm reading from in the Zephaniah 3, 9. Okay. Then I will transform the tongues of all the nations into a clear or pure tongue. Now, what's happening is the word clear or pure how, depends on how limited or how expansive you're going to translate that word. Now, so what we're watching is we just got through reading, as you read in chapter verse 8, about the fire. Isn't it a common understanding of fire is that it is a purifying? It's purifying, sure. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So now if, you, now, if you want to, continuing, I'm going to just skip ahead because of time. Look at verse 18, I think it's 18 in your Bible too, uh -huh. of chapter 3 of Zephaniah, and listen to what it says. Verse 18. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You, ah. you will be disgraced no more. Listen to what he just said. Appointed festivals. What are the appointed festivals? Passover, Pentecost. There you go. You Pentecost. 
So you're not going to mourn anymore because you're going to hear this tongue of fire, and you're all the whole all the nations you've listed are going to understand it, because it depends how narrow or expansive you do the word pure or um, clear. But what it's saying is, and it says in verse nine, and everybody's going to understand all the nations. And then over here in 18, it says, on the appointed time. The appointed time is obviously Pentecost or Shavuot in Hebrew. So what's, who was writing this was saying, this occurred on the anniversary date of when the Ten Commandments were given. And they were speaking, but that's not the, the mystical part, you might say. What they were say, everybody from these other nations were hearing. And it keeps emphasizing they heard, they heard, they heard. And that's exactly what it's saying in Zephaniah. Isn't that fascinating? It is very fascinating. And, and I think what puzzles me is, not puzzles me, but impresses you look, me. You look kind of puzzled. I saw me. It's why <laughs> you saw me looking puzzled. Uh-huh. Uh, now, this is a connection that. It's not even. We don't see it even made. I know. I looked. In, I looked in several. Acts, I looked in several Christian Bibles today, and I do not see it footnoted as or, or referenced back. No, there. no. I mean, even even the right. Often, mm-hmm. the writers themselves uh-huh. make uh, in the book. The, for example, you said before they. This is what was spoken about the prophet Joel. Yes. That the old man will sure. dream dreams, and the young men right. will prophesy. Sure. And so they. But they don't even make that connection with Zephaniah. Right. And what's interesting is I looked up a couple of ancient Jewish writers today. Uh Uh And the ancient Jewish writers, the name doesn't matter because we probably wouldn't recognize them. But anyway, the point is they actually came back and said in their understanding what that saying is in Zephaniah, that this will occur on Pentecost in the future when certain things happen. Now, when the morning is, because they've not been able to keep their festivals and their holidays. So, but when it's reinstated, and that's why it's so important in Acts 2, it's telling you it's Pentecost. You go back to Zephaniah, it says at the appointed times. Appointed times is a Hebrew way of referring to the festivals. Exactly. So it's actually, and the old ancient Jewish writers actually mentioned this. So it's fascinating to me that that's there. Now, to me... That's telling me that, because it does say that the folks were speaking, but that's fascinating. It's also, but the the crowd seems to be marveling at the fact they were hearing, and it keeps saying, "We hear, we hear, we hear." And what does it say back? We we all hear in in our different languages. And exactly, and I'm reading from the translation of the Hebrew. It's a you know different Bible than what you're looking at, but the same translation. And it says, then I will transform the tongues of the nations into a clear tongue, and they shall all invoke God's name and serve him and understand. Wow. So you got the fire that's purifying. Yeah. And then they're speaking it, and they're all hearing it. And it gives you a list of all these nations. And what it says in Zephaniah, it says all the nations will hear and understand. Isn't that remarkable? No, it is. It is. Uh, And this... I mean, that is, um, th- this is a seamless book, folks. It's 66 different books written over a period of 1,400 years, but it's so clearly there is a, there is a, a thread. There is a, there's a consistency of message, 
it speaks to hundreds of complicated, complex topics and even controversial topics. And yet there's this harmony and this continuation, this continuity of the scriptures is just fascinating. And you've just connected a passage that, boy, I, I'm surprised because not even, uh, th that seems so clear to me, Jacob, that the connection here, and and it makes so much sense that this didn't just come out of the blue, This thing, that it's, well, here's and, my here's and here's really even by the by yeah, the, and here's connect it with Joel because yeah. in in uh, chapter two uh -huh, verse uh -huh. uh, in the uh, he says no they say well they're drunk he said no they were not drunk right, as yeah. you might assume right. it's nine o'clock in the morning it's too early for us to be drunk this was predicted years ago by the prophet Joel in the right. last days I will pour out my spirit upon all people Your that's and my prophesying so. On. But so see, that's, that's that my text. point. They always, whenever you, they are quote so often in the New Testament, uh -huh. uh, in the Christian scriptures, they quote so often references back. Uh -huh. But oh, where yeah. is the one that says they will speak with a clear tongue when tongues of fire appear? That one, where is that one? And uh, it's, it's right there. there in Zephaniah. And yeah. I think you deserve credit because you actually picked the book of Zephaniah. Oh, thank you. I'm, 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 that's, uh, wow. Isn't, I think that's just a really a remarkable connection. And, and, uh, and see, that would only come by people who know the, the Hebrew history, language, traditions, message, we see this continuity. Thank you so much, Jacob. That well, I, and I did. I did. I looked up a couple of remarkable. ancient Jewish writers yeah. that explained it today when I was reading it, and they they too pick uh, the appointed time or the festival of uh, what's called the festival in your Bible, uh, Pentecost or Shavuot, which is the Hebrew, and so they recognize that that's supposed to occur at that time. So whoever is putting this together, let's say. Either your choice by the Holy Spirit it does say by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. uh, in in your text, or if they were just very knowledgeable people. But you're, we must go by what it says. We can't go beyond what it says. Mm -hmm. And your version does use the word Holy Spirit, that's and that's how we understand Zephaniah and the prophets are speaking is by the Holy Spirit. So you've got the tongues that purify. Now the purifying tongue has always generally meant. Hebrew. Now, I think that's being consistent with that because if you look in the verse you just read, uh -huh. it says there were a bunch of Jews from all these different countries. Right. You just read it. Yeah. The Jews would be speaking in. And we're not talking ethnically or racially here. We're talking about. No, do not be frightened. Conversion. It is not. It is yeah. not ethic. Jews yeah. who were followers of. Yes. Je believing in Jehovah. Well, I'm actually not talking God about the people. I'm talking about only identifying the people because of the language of the Hebrew. Actually, they come from the different people groups. So I saw that. Later on, we see, uh, 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 what's his name? Philip, who talks, he catches a, sure. a, a, an Ethiopian Enoch, Enoch who is returning to his country. Right. Uh, he's a convert. He's a follower of Jehovah. And, he, and, and, and Philip addresses it. So this... What it talks about all of these Jews in yeah. Jerusalem. Well, but the question is, why would the writer in chapter 2, why does he want you to know? All of a sudden, the next verse says, there were a bunch of Jews there. So why is it important that you know that? Why? Because why would they, they would it be doing? It explains the phenomenon, doesn't it? The well, they would, be, they would be doing their language, Hebrew. And see, uh, it's always been understood. See, it goes back to the beginning of Genesis. God spoke the world into being, let's say. 
Well, when he did, what language did he use? The Jewish understanding is he used Hebrew. And so, and if there's a word, there must be first an alphabet. So he had to have the alphabet first. And the Jews understand that when he spoke it in the Bing, he spoke it in Hebrew. So this is telling you in the book of Acts. That, they, that writer wants you to know this was a bunch of Jews there. And they're saying this language. And if you go back to Zephaniah, it clearly says uh, that all these nations will be there and they'll all understand. Well, it's easy to take that verse and start seeing because it says the fire, fiery tongue in Zephaniah. So it's actually the prophecy, and what's on my mind is how come uh, it, if we get all this stuff quoted and we understand these quotes are so important, then we should have a prophecy that this type of thing will happen. And you know what? Sure. Soapy picked it on the there show, on this very show tonight. Soapy picked it. Uh, you got to stop that. I, I, I did not have that Somebody in mind. I have to compare. I, I think it's so wonderful that you have uh, brought that up. And, folks, you, you've got a, a, a great passage there to reference back I, I this sounds very whole very whole and, and uh, it sounds uh, very veritable like you've really put something together here that, that's fascinating well, Sophie and, uh, thank you very much but I you picked the question number one but number two I can't take credit I only know what somebody else told me right exactly and you know actually it is uh, you know He's God got to, put it together and made gotta, it work. You want to take that call? Let's go and take uh, talk to Bob. He's calling in. Maybe he's going to respond to some of this we're talking about. That would be fascinating to hear. Bob, I'm glad to hear from you. We've only got uh, maybe a You're couple listening of to left. the Bible live with Soapy oh, Dollar. Hit a button here. Sorry about that. We've only got a couple of minutes left, so I'd like to hear your response to this or anything else that's on your mind tonight. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, uh, Soapy. Uh, Je- uh, thank you, brothers. Uh, I uh, I was wondering if uh, Jacob maybe is uh, uh, making any connection to Eliezer uh, Ben Yehuda, who uh, had a, a large part in trying to re- revive the Hebrew language into the, uh, the common common usage, whereas uh, he was <laughs> rabbinical uh, and uh, authorities were trying to say it was too too sacred to be. Bob, too sacred to be pronounced. Bob, hang on a second. Uh, we only got a little bit of yeah, time. So and Jacob explain wants to you the to audience something. who that is and what you're talking about, because most people have no well, idea. Who is Eliezer well, Ben? Well, I know what you're talking well, about, but well, the audience. Well, well, well uh, Hebrew was uh, sort of a semi-dead language. It was, of course, understood by rabbis, but uh, it was regarded as perhaps being too holy to be pronounced, uh, even as uh, the name sometimes is regarded as being too holy to be pronounced. But uh, Eliezer Ben Yehuda saw, saw the need to uh, have it into common usage and tried to uh, do his very best to teach his children Hebrew from the cradle and uh, re- revive the language, and he has had some success in that. And I was wondering if he's Zephaniah... A, he's a current... He's living now? No, he's dead, but Bob, I'm just going to help you out because of the interest of time. Bob, Bob's right, yeah. uh, ben, ben Huda. He's the one who reestablished and clarified for everybody's usage that they use in Israel today the ancient language of Hebrew. Right, Bob? I got him potted. Sure. I, I was wondering if maybe there was a connection to the, to the Zephaniah um, uh, passages. Uh, I couldn't answer that. That I don't know. That's that's a good. But, uh, you know, he will return a pure language uh, to the people, and perhaps Eliezer Ben Yehuda may have had an, 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 an uh, a part in that. Okay, uh, well, I will tell you this: in Hebrew, in the language itself, there is no words for cussing or swearing, and there is no words for vulgarity. When the Jews want to do that kind of thing, they must borrow it from other languages. 
That's interesting. Is that why remember. we see? Thank yes. you, Bob, for calling. Yes. Bob, Is that why you. we see uh, yes. Peter in the New Testament when he says he curses? It says when. Remember at the uh, at the I, arrest of yeah. Jesus, and remember he, he always, goes to another word. Sure, always Go ahead. be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. Thanks, folks, for joining us. See you next week for the Book of Revelation here on the Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.